Welcome to the Free Retiree Show. My name is Lee Michael Murphy. I've been in wealth management for the last 10 years right in the heart of the Silicon Valley. People have always asked me, how do I achieve financial independence? And while the financial world wants you to believe it's as simple as investing your money, I'm here to tell you it's a small piece of the puzzle. I've seen four consistent factors in the people that have achieved financial independence. One, they excel in their career. Two, they manage their money properly. Three, they're able to avoid devastating financial mistakes. They can see through the BS. And lastly, they understand they need to learn from the best, the people that have achieved success in their career and their finances. Join us on our journey as we learn how to become free retirees. Welcome in, boys and girls, to another episode of the Free Retiree Show. Thank you for making a wonderful life decision today and deciding to listen to your career, financial, and legal friends. I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside career advisor extraordinaire, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? And Silicon Valley's favorite attorney, Matthew McElroy. What's going on? For y'all who are new listeners, you know, on our show, we have four main pillars. Advancing in your career, managing your money, avoiding the big mistakes, and lastly, learning from folks who have done amazing things in their career. And today we're bringing you one of the craziest business success stories I've ever heard of. It's phenomenal. If you ever wondered, what does it take to come up with a great idea and turn it into a multi-million dollar business? You are not going to want to miss this episode. Today, we're going to be interviewing Gregory Mead. He is the CEO of CrossNet. And CrossNet is a Miami-based company that was founded in 2017 and it projects to bring home 12 to 15 million in revenue over the next 12 months. And they've designed a four-way volleyball game. And it sounds already like a genius, fun idea. But think about this. Greg and his co-founders, who are his brother and his lifelong friend, came up with this all by themselves. They currently joined the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. Their four-way volleyball net is now sold in more than 1,500 locations, including Dick's Sporting Good, Walmart, Target, and thousands of other retailers across the U.S., so, guys, what do you guys think about this story? I know we were talking about this earlier this week, but what's your guys' take on this? It's got kind of like a Shark Tank vibes to it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. 100%. It's, it's like a great product that kind of, you know, was they, they created and made it come to market and, you know, brought it all the way. I'm, I'm thinking it's just like perfect for COVID right now because you can kind of like social distance or physical distance and still play. But I'm on the website, man. Where's the discount at? I need a discount. <laughs> hey, hey, you might get your you might get your opportunity a little bit, buddy. I know. We, I'm, we I'm might have a guy. The website now. We, we, we might know a guy that has some pull. So, all right, sweet. <laughs> might so, be but good. I think this is going to be a phenomenal episode, though, because I think you know this is a journey that is unique. And let's be honest, I think you know we've all dreamed about this at some point in time. I think most people have. Like, oh, what if we, you know, came up with this and it turned into this? And it's such a wild idea. I think most people just give up on it. Right. I think that's like that nah, That ain't going to happen. And you just give up right there. And I think that this story is something that, you know, we're going to get some understanding of what it actually took to bring a dream to fruition. So I'm super stoked about this. So we're going to go to a quick break. But if you haven't done so, make sure you like our show. Uh, if you have questions or a show request, please send them to ask at thefreeretiree.com. As you guys know, our listeners are very important to us. If you guys have topics, career-related, 
legal related, financial related, or even a cool, amazing business success story, someone that's super successful, that's done amazing things, let us know, send us that email. We'd love to make that episode happen. So we're gonna go to a quick break, but when we're back, we'll be sitting down with Gregory Mead. Welcome back into the Free Retiree Show. We're sitting now with CEO and founder of CrossNet, Gregory Mead. Gregory, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing awesome, man. Doing great. We are Thanks stoked to have you, man. So tell us, this crazy idea, I mean, you turned the volleyball world upside down. I don't know about the how, how, how the hardcore volleyball fans feel about this, but how did you come up with this idea? Yeah, CrossNet originated about three years ago after my lifelong friend, Mike Del Papa, my partner, uh, he graduated college at Northeastern engineer, very smart kid. He called me up one day. He knew I had an entrepreneur background and uh, he said, yo, Greg, let's, uh, let's make something. Let's do something together um, before I get into this nine to five world and, you know, possibly miserable, just slaving away for someone else. Uh, so it came over. Uh, we sat down all day. It, was, it came over at like two in the afternoon. Uh, we watched ESPN reruns all day, just like, you know, how they have them on loop. Um, we were just jotting down on a notepad all our ideas and stuff. And we, we had like 20 ideas, 30 ideas. Uh, one was a wall charger speaker, which would have been sick, I thought. And then um, the other one I mentioned, I was like, let's do like a beach game style version of like on the beach, the next beach game. And uh, Mike said, what about like a four square volleyball mix? And the rest was history from there. Next day, we went out to Walmart, um, had my friend bring over like two badminton nets and we rigged them against my mom's shed and like a tree. And we ended up playing with our friends like all day. We were, like we knew we had to make this into like a, a real product. Wow. Like my, Matt said, this is totally like giving me Shark Tank vibes. Like the story just, it's perfect, man. That's amazing. Congrats. Thank you. So it was that easy. You guys just said like, let's think of something. Let's go put it together. Let's make shift something that, you know, we can kind of get a feel if this works. And then you're like, yeah, we know we got this. Yeah, 100%. As soon as we, we played it once, we knew once we had the actual prototype and, and the final product, we knew we knew what we were going to do. We knew um, it was the next game for the future of, you know, outdoor backyard games. Uh, we got the prototype like nine months later, finally, like we kept developing it, making sure it was great. And once we brought it to the beach our first time, we brought it to like Narragansett, Rhode Island, where we grew up. And we put it on the beach. And like we were just trying to play it just like – us three, my brother and Mike and uh, one of our friends, and we couldn't play because everyone was lining up, taking photos, asking to play it, and we just wanted to play it ourselves. But then we had a line of forty kids, and <laughs> the rest, the rest was actually history. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good indicator that, it, that it's a hit. <laughs> yeah. What What did the next like after you knew it was going to be a hit? Like, talk to us a little bit about the next steps in the process, just for those listening. Um, just from the back end standpoint, like what do you do next? You know, it's a hit and then what happens? Yeah. So we know the game's a hit. We had to develop it and make sure it was the best to its ability at that time. Obviously we still work on developing it, making better. Um, so make the product, you know, have good packaging, have good um, wordage, have the logo created. And we made the logo on a piece of paper that like a week later, 
and then next was you know bring it to life make it make a dope video and then put it on facebook put it on twitter put it on um instagram and, and let's see what happens we we knew we had some marketing expertise so we knew we could get it out there marketing wise and we knew the game sold itself if you just set it up so it's a snowball effect like in real life it's a snowball effect once someone sets it up people take photos send it to their friends play it ask to play and then you want to get a good video from one of those rallies and you keep promoting it get some evergreen ads how did you guys go about creating the prototype because i would think that would probably be pretty difficult yeah i think that's yeah, a great well, question yeah, that, that's a good question. It's definitely difficult to do. Um, like I said, Mike's a graduate from um, Northeastern. He's an engineer. So he had all like the CAD and stuff and was on the making the blueprints and stuff. And um, we, got, we got a good prototype. And then there's, there's obviously there's some, you know, malfunctions with it standing up properly, the net ripping or something. Um, then we had to keep sending it, like getting adjustments and having them send back. It takes months. Uh, but like I said, it almost took a full year to finally get like a good, good cross net product. Did you guys do all the, the product testing yourself? Yeah. Yep. We sent it over, made sure where we figured out what the flaws were, uh, what we needed to do to, to make it better. So from what I understand, you guys went through China, right? You guys sent this prototype out to China. What was that process like? How did you find first find someone that was going to be the person that, or the company that helped put together the prototype? And then how was it going back and forth with this company that, you know, you've never met really in person and, you know, you're just ho hoping that they get this right from thousands of miles away. Yeah. So you can find suppliers on like Alibaba, AliExpress, those kind of websites. Um, when we initially started, we were just trying to like just find a supplier anywhere. We wanted to actually go with the United States supplier. Um, but believe it or not, there's no suppliers that even like make volleyball nets in the United States that are like feasible. So it would have been ridiculous. We wouldn't have had a business, unfortunately. Um, so we had to outsource overseas and eventually got the best pricing for us and just keep battling with the suppliers and cut them, cut them down, see who gets the best price. I feel like the prototype would be the hardest part. Like, yeah. Like coming right, up with a good prototype. Yeah. Just like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to test it and you have to, you know, yeah. make sure the product's good and shit still. But right now our, um, our cheapest supplier <laughs> is the best quality and it's like, all right. So uh, sometimes it doesn't make sense. How much did you have to fork out? Like for the, like just, just to make the design, like we had to, we had to drop like fifty grand out of our own pockets. Uh, oh, fifty, jeez. Yeah, Whew. that's a lot for us back then. Like that's all our money yeah. we had saved up. Like it was everything. Yeah. Like and that was throughout the year we were making money and then dumping it in. So we put fifty G's into it um, throughout like a whole year. Um, getting like that would get us like a hundred units. Uh, not fifty G's, twenty grand would get us hundred units. Then we sell it. Then we have to do another twenty. Like just stuff like that. Uh, super. Super scary, you know, when you're dumping all your money in there. But we saw the return coming. It was just slow. So you got got to wait, like I say. Um, I tell everyone that. Yeah, patience. Dang. Was that was that your first time kind of going through that process? Um, yeah, it was. It definitely was. It's a, a tedious process. Me, Mike still does it to this day. He's up all night, like till four in the morning. It's different time zones and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's a tedious process, and sometimes it can be a pain in the ass when you're, you know, ordering. 10,000 units for a few months. <laughs> you yeah. mess something up, you're screwed. How different does the uh, prototype or what's released now compared to the prototype? Is it significantly different or? Uh... If you look at it from like a consumer's perspective, no, you wouldn't really see like a crazy difference. Um, but we've just adjusted here and there, like made the stakes a little longer. So the net, uh, so the game stays up better. We've made the net. We had to use that as a zipper on the net. And now we took that off because it would kept, kept like ripping up the top. Um, 
height adjustable now, which is really cool for, you know, all ages, kids, children's women's height, but there's not too much difference you would see from just like from the, the, the typical eye view. Oh, kids can play it too. Yeah. It's height adjustable. You got the kid's height and then you have oh, the woman's height dope. and then you have the men's height, all official heights. I might have to get one. Yeah, no, it, it does look like a really cool game. It looks like a lot of fun. You should have like a free retiree match. <laughs> match to the death <laughs> yeah so what about that discount <laughs> you, guys, you guys all live together no no no, 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 they, no. They're in a, i mean I, in the same area though yeah, yeah. oh in the same area yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. cool yeah i can ship you guys that one and we'll promote it for you guys yeah, yeah just, just send me some content yeah we can go live on linkedin and it'll be really bad for lee and sergio yeah i agree matt's matt's like six four yeah. so it's, not fair. <laughs> it's not about height Plus, no about height. okay no. oh that's good to know, good why, to know why, why i thought like all the volleyball players are super tall no, I mean, if you're playing a volleyball player, you're probably going to get your ass beat. But um, I, I, I've beaten like seven foot people before and stuff. It's all about the angles and stuff. The nets. Yeah. You got to set them up. You got you to gotta set other people up to get the seven footer out. The uh, the net, like how, how, how high is the net? Is it a regulation? Like it's, as a volleyball yeah. net? Yeah, it's, it's high. It's regulation men's height. Oh, so you got hops then? Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got, I got hops <laughs> I don't. <laughs> this is not a sport. Yeah, this is not a sport for me. Like if I, I like you play bat, a lot of basketball. Like I used to be able to like dunk a tennis ball. Now if I try to touch the bottom of the net, might make it, might not, depending on the day. <laughs> so I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd be a top-notch cross net player. Probably not. Yeah, try it's, it's 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 something new. Everyone fucks up their first time, or they're really good. So it, it's fun to see. So I, I see that you're on like a, a bunch of uh, you know big name retailers: Walmart, Target, Amazon. I mean, how how was that like getting there? You know, getting them to to carry your product. I imagine that wasn't an easy uh, journey. Yeah, I mean, our, my partner and my brother Chris, uh, he worked at Uber before. He was a sales executive. He didn't drive. He was uh, he launched like Uber Eats in like Boston and New York and stuff. Um, so he could sell anything. He could sell you a piece of paper. Uh, but the game, like I said, the game sells itself. So once we had like some backing and like some some traction, the wholesalers really like they'll take you easily. Um, it's not the normal for most products. Um, we have a product that you know there's not much competition. And it's an open market. Um, so we're able to like kind of maneuver our way in with the wholesalers um, fairly easier than the normal. Did you have sales? Like, did you have sales going into those conversations or was it more, this is our product. It's amazing. And then they're that's like, it. yep, you're right. That's no it. sales, yeah. nothing. No, oh, sa- we don't have, we, we don't, we don't even have a sales team right now. We we've never had a sales team. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Would you, would you attribute like most of your marketing is focused on like social media? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know, I know we said like social media, but like what what of the social media was probably the best one between Facebook, you know, Facebook, Facebook all that stuff. Mm. Yeah, Facebook 100%. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Still? Like right now, because a lot of people said like Facebook has lost its pizzazz. No, like, no Facebook. No? No, yeah, people dude, are still if, spending if money, you have, If you have a good product. <laughs> you have to say that, Sergio. <laughs> For context, I work at Facebook. I'm trying to get them to understand that like, even though the teenagers are on TikTok, people are still yeah. spending their money on Facebook. The parents are parents are on Facebook. The, the kids are on TikTok, sure, but the kids yeah, aren't pulling out the credit card on TikTok. Mm. Yeah. 
Did you guys hit social media marketing before you went to these big companies? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. It took about a year, about a year and a half a year to actually see, see some traction from like a big wholesaler. Um, Shields, if you're familiar, they're like on the Northwest, uh, West side. Um, they carried us first and we've done excellent in Shields since day one and shout out to Shields for, you know, showing love for us. And then once you get in one, like the other competitor wants you and it's just snowball effect for that too. So let's go back to the beginning before you guys invented this, what was life like for all of you? Um, life was tough. <laughs> um, I dropped out of college working on like social media ventures. Chris was in New York city. I think his, his Elise was about to you know, expire. And then Mike just graduated from Northeastern and he didn't want to get a job at all. Um, so we actually took all our like 401ks out, all our bank, like everything in our bank. We just put it into CrossNet, it's completely self-funded. Um, once we did that, it was, it was a struggle. Um, we had to do other stuff to like survive and make money. Luckily we knew what we were doing ahead of time and, you know, had it all mapped out, but usually it doesn't go that way and it can go south very quickly, but we, we turned it around. We moved to Miami, all three of us and some friends. And, uh, we all cooped up in like an apartment we, we bought two apartments and like, there was like six of us, just like, it was a madhouse. And, um, we thought we'd play volleyball across net and stuff every day there in Miami, but no, it didn't work out like that. Um, but that, that's the beginning journey for us. And it was, it was, it was, it was rough because we had to, you know, put all our money into it. And what does that feel like once you throw all the money in there and then, you know, the, you're trying to take this to market, it's probably a long, long journey. Like what sort of emotions do you go through? Like once you make that big financial investment and then you're, you know, you're not making any money. Like what, what is that? What did that feel like for all of you guys? Like, was it stressful? Was it, you know, did you guys are like, Hey, this is not, not a big deal. We're, we're focused on what we got planned. Like what sort of challenges did you guys go through? Yeah. So for us, like we have, a, we have a good group of guys. I mean, Mike and Chris, like I'm, I'm pretty in the middle. Chris is pretty pessimistic. Mike's optimistic. And, um, we, we, once we put all our money in, like we knew what we had to do, like, we, yeah, it was stressful for sure. Because, you know, we had, it's a waiting period at that time. Once you buy the inventory, then you have to wait for it to come. And then, you know, we have to do our job and actually sell it to get that money back. But then once you get that money back, you have to like put all of it back in. So we were at this period, we didn't get paid. We didn't pay each other out for like over a year and a half, almost two years until we actually saw some money in our bank accounts personally. Um, yeah, it's stressful to say the least. What pushed you to make that decision, though, to put every, all your money into it? Was it? I know you mentioned Mike. He didn't want a job out of college. Um, you got. It, was it just like timing, or like what? What was it yeah. to really make that make that call? I mean, that's a huge call, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it, it was perfect timing. Like, like I said, Mike just graduated college. Chris was his lease was done in New York City, um, and he had to make a move after because he didn't want to stay at his job either. He was. He knew he he could do better things. Um, it, we dumped it all into CrossNet. We knew we had the product. We knew it was going to sell. We just had to wait, pay, wait patiently. And we, we waited patiently. We're, we're still waiting patiently for, you know, for the next big thing to happen. But it's always, it's always there in the future. And we, we see it. It's, it's growing in front of our eyes. So there was never a point where you thought maybe we, we made the wrong decision. Like maybe no. any, none of the guys, none of the guys were like, no, nah, this was a bad idea. <laughs> Get our money back, Greg. Get our money back. No, never. <laughs> no. Nah. That's that's that that's a crazy part about our story is like none of us ever had any sort of doubt whatsoever. Um, we knew we knew what we were doing going into it since day one. Like as soon as we made that prototype, we knew what we were doing. We just needed to stay patient and you know 
keep our eyes on the prize and grow the sport as a, as a whole and, and not like get colluded with other things and business and, you know, get mad at each other, frustrated. Um, and that's why we're, we're an excellent team. We're a bunch of cool kids, friends, and we're, we're hustling to make the next sport. That's awesome. When you say the next sport, are you thinking, could this develop into more than just a recreational game? Yeah, absolutely. We want it. We, so we, if you guys saw the website, we have a doubles version now. So it's like teams two on two on two on two uh-huh. um, rather than just four people playing against solo. I like the solo version, but everyone else likes the doubles. Um, I don't like to rely on a teammate, but <laughs> um, with the teammate aspect, you could definitely turn this into a crazy sport. We've had some of the professional athletes play doubles with it. And it's like, it's so cool looking like you're like, what is this sport? So it's, it's definitely like a sub of volleyball, but it, it's cool. And we definitely think we could take it to the next level. I'm confident it'll be on ESPN someday. That's awesome. Yeah. I was thinking like with volleyball, it's a lot of waiting. You know, you're kind of waiting for your turn with this. It seems more that immediate. You can just keep playing. It seems just like a lot more fun. Exactly. Yeah. We have it in like a bunch of um, physical education classrooms and the kids love playing on it because they get a lot of touches on it. Like, so when we were playing volleyball and, you know, um, PE class back in the day, you hardly would touch it or like the best kid would try to run over and hit it. You know what I'm saying? So that's how it is for volleyball. And you can really work your way into volleyball, playing cross and getting touches and feeling comfortable and and knowing what, what you're doing and have good hits with the bump set spike. Um, I didn't grow up playing volleyball and I wish I had this game in uh, in my, in my PA class. So you guys put these in schools for uh, for PE. Yeah. Yeah. Really? No, a lot of people sell them. Well, we've donated a few, a few hundred, but, no, people come to us daily, just, you know, wholesale inquiries. Hey, can I get this for my gym? We have an indoor model and yeah, it's sick. It's really cool. People are putting it in their curriculums now, which is awesome. Yeah. This seems like it would be a perfect game for like PE yeah, and stuff. It's great, cool. yeah. yeah. So we've, Greg, we've had a lot of uh, entrepreneurs on and a lot of them have been impacted by coronavirus, COVID-19. So talk to us a little bit about how your business changed or was impacted. Yeah. Um, Coronavirus was great for us, honestly. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, it drove our sales like 500x. Everyone was in there. Everyone's stuck at home, and like all the families need, you know, their kids need to do something. So a lot of parents bought it for their for their families and the kids, and um, we saw a lot of traction, just you know, word of mouth. And then on on Facebook, we ran ads through the roof, um, making it the coronavirus game of the year. I guess. I mean, it's blown up. I mean, it's blown up a lot of different sectors. Like, I mean, it's good. It sounds like you guys didn't. You didn't panic either though, right? Like you were, you kind of ran with it. Yeah, we ran with it for sure. And we actually messed up a bit like to future, you know, entrepreneurs out there, um, make sure you have your inventory set um, and ready to go. We weren't expecting a mass pandemic and sales to jump 500 X and we ran out of inventory for like a month or maybe a little over a month. And uh, our customers just, it was bad customer service for us, for our guys. Um, Customers getting angry at us. We're shipping delays and we had to keep pushing it back because suppliers we had to make the product it was it was a nightmare for a little while um but like i said you can't really predict a pandemic but you got to be prepared for for everything it's a good problem to have um we're not going to have it anymore moving forward which is great but you got to make sure your customers are satisfied number one right now when you were saying you know advice to a new entrepreneur like given your whole journey what what do you think is like the number one advice you could give to you know a starting entrepreneur like looking back what was what were some of like your hardest obstacles and and, and you know how did you overcome yeah i mean maybe as cliche as this is it's just like you have to hustle you can't stop the moment you stop you're screwed like you're, you're done um you can't give up on it um can't take 
three months off, like that's going to mess your whole flow up. You need to keep hustling day in and day out. And I would honestly suggest finding a, a, a strategic partner, finding a partner, partners um, that want that hustle, want, want to grind with you um, day in and day out and, and hold yourself accountable, you know, because if you don't, if you don't do your work, you're going to let them down. And that's how I grew up working on, you know, entrepreneurship and social media and, and these businesses is like, if I don't work, I'm letting down Mike, I'm letting down Chris and they feel the same way. You seem like you have like a really good entrepreneur mind. Like, have you always, like, has that always been your goal is to, to be an entrepreneur or did you, did you have another goal previously? I, I never knew what I wanted to do. I just knew I didn't want to work for someone. I always told my mom that my, my brother that I'm never working a nine to five, <laughs> never have. Um, I'm going to stick with that, but yeah, just make your own dreams come true. It's, there's so much opportunity out here, especially with social media. You can really do anything you want. Greg, let's go back to that grind. You said that, you know, in the beginning, I know you're, you guys like had the vision down and there was no, there was no, there was no doubt that you guys were going to do what you were going to do, which I think is powerful. But that grind, like I read a little bit about what you guys were doing and the journey. It sounded like you were working at the time and then you had to do this on your off hours, right? Is that, is that correct? That, that would be my brother and Mike. Oh. They, had, they had jobs and they had to do this in their off hour. Um, I, w- I had a job too. I was doing social media stuff, but that goes hand in hand because I was growing across that too at the same time. Yeah. So what do you guys do on the off hours? Like what would you work on? What would your brother work on and your friend? What, what, what was that like? Yeah. In the past, in, uh, in the past, Mike was working as an engineer. He would, uh, he would got a little side job just to, so he can stay afloat and make some money for himself to live, you know, and to put into CrossNet. Um, so he was building robots and doing his stuff he likes to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and then Chris, um, Chris got some side jobs. He was like building websites, website design, um, doing that kind of stuff to, to stay afloat too. Yeah. Something that's interesting is, you know, a lot of people think this stuff happens overnight. What do you say to the entrepreneur entrepreneur that thinks this is going to happen overnight? Yeah, it's not, it's not going to happen <laughs> overnight. It's going to take months, years, um, take a decade, man. Like you got to just stay with it. It's going to all pay off. If you have, if you have a good product, you have a good service, like, and you know what you're doing. Uh, it, it should it should be easy to sell just stay patient so what's a big goal now for crossnet like what are you guys trying to do you guys have the product established you have traction what's the the next big thing for you guys next big thing is to probably uh, internationally expand uh, go over to different markets uk australia uh, we're big in canada canada's always showed us love since they went but even expand it even more um, get down to south america get over to other countries that love volleyball and um, would, you know, it would crush, crush it in, in their countries for crossing Yeah. How do you decide which, uh, how to expand? Like with, you know, some of the work I do, we, we are pretty intentional. Uh, I work in Silicon Valley when we, when we think about expanding internationally, but there's also some challenges with that. Have you guys thought about kind of specifically which markets you want to go after next? I know you mentioned like South America, but like, there's like tax issues. There's like, there's all kinds oh, yeah. of stuff. Have you thought about that kind of thing? Of course. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Uh, absolutely. But um, we know our sales are great in Australia. We've seen sales come in. Um, we just need to give these people a better channel to purchase from. Um, so they're not paying $200 in shipping for uh, an 18 pound, 20 pound product. Yeah. Um, th- that's where we're going to start is Australia. They, they, they're big volleyball culture. Um, and if, obviously if, if the cross networks in the United States, which is not even, you know, a big volleyball you know, nation, it's, it's going to do wonders in co- countries that actually love volleyball and love the sport. Uh, so Australia, we forecast because, you know, the sales are good there. 
already. And then now uh, we're going to set up uh, uh, Amazon FBAs uh, so they can just order with, you know, cheaper shipping, f- better pricing. Out of you, your brother, your friend, like who's the deal maker? That's like, if you got like a big like CEO you're meeting with for one of these retailers, like who's, who's the, who's the one that's going in? Chris, my brother, Chris, he's crazy talker. He, he's pretty popular on LinkedIn if you guys follow him. Um, but it, it's not, you don't really talk to the CEOs of these companies. There's buyers and they're, they're either dickheads or they're not. And it's like, <laughs> you, you gotta just get out of a good relationship with them. And uh, if they're dickheads, you just, you know, ignore them and they'll come back to you eventually. We've had that happen so many times. It's ridiculous. So Greg, I got to go back on your journey and you guys had a long one. Take us to the time where you guys knew, like, all right, we done it. We made it. We just got this big check that came in, or we got this big deal done. What was that? What was that like? And what'd you guys do to celebrate? I, I, I need to know. I got. I got to figure um, out what this looks like. I, I, I hope it's like Hollywood style, like celebration, fireworks going off, um, <laughs> running through the see. streets. <laughs> I, I think we have a video of it actually. When we went to, we were in Utah on a snowboard trip with all the guys. Um, and then we stopped, we were, we were about to like head home or something. And then we're like, Hey, we're in the Shields over here um, in Utah in like this random town in Sandy Shields. And we're like, Oh, we'll go in. And we had our cameraman with us and he was recording. Uh, and then uh, we walked in, we saw CrossFit for the first time, all of us on shelves. And it was crazy. Mike was freaking out uh, doing chest bumps and, and all that. And I was calling my mom on the FaceTime. <laughs> it, it was cool. It's cool seeing your product in stores, man. It's, it's really cool. Uh, it's a good, it's a cool feeling. And like, that was the point of our, our, uh, cross that journey was like, okay, let's, let's, let's keep going. Like, this is, this is just the beginning of, of the, the sport we're making here. Yeah. It's tripping me out how you say, uh, the sport, I think it's, it, so the growth is exponent. Like it's, it could just explode right now. I think you're at like 1% of your journey from what I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, I know you made it like financially probably, but like the growth seems like incredible opportunity. Yeah, we haven't even started yet. I don't think we scratched the surface of the United States. Um, and ex- like I said, other countries too, which is something, you know, you got you to forecast properly and, and make sure you're putting your assets in the, in the right spots for, for these countries that, you know, should I work on Australia? Should I work on the UK? Um, or should I just focus on the United States? Uh, I mean, those are questions we'll, we'll live and learn with um, in a year from now, two years from now. Um, those are all challenges that, that come with yeah. it. How do I get those uh, pre-IPO shares? Uh, yeah man i think i cut you off man oh oh, no i was just gonna ask it it's kind of a dumb question but (laughs) i was just gonna say um you know throughout your guys's whole journey have have you guys ever seen or like even attempted to to go on shark tank or anything like that or seen that as an option for getting funding or no since the beginning everyone's just you know shark tank shark tank shark tank and it's like <laughs> we're we're past that stage um of where we need you know funding for like say inventory or anything like that um and that's with staying patient and and you know self-funding it we ha- we've had no rounds of money coming in we've we wow. we're, we own we own all our business me mike and chris we own everything um and i would suggest that to anyone in any industry like when it comes to you know, entrepreneurship, like, like a, if you're a music artist, you know, everyone keep your masters, keep your music, keep your, keep your percentages, percentages for entrepreneurship, keep your percentages if you can. Like, obviously some people are, you know, have different products, need, need certain help, but if you can keep it, keep it. And then you can leverage that in the future, which we're, you know, we, we can plan to do. Yeah, I know some of those deals on Shark Tank, they lose like 30, 40% equity. Yeah. It's oh, wild. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they get the wild. money they need, but I think 
a lot of entrepreneurs to me, they're a little bit short-sighted in thinking about, oh, I need this money to fulfill this one order, but they're losing like 40% equity. Exactly. Wow. And that, and that, that goes hand in hand with like having a good partner and, and a good team and like holding each other accountable. And like, if you guys do have some money to put in, let's, let's do it. And you guys got to be confident on it. I'm looking at your website. Um, and it's clear to me, you're setting a good culture. I'm looking at the about page and it's some of the guys say, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm, uh, I'm sipping a, no, probably smoking a cigar. One guy says probably <laughs> at the bar. The other guy says probably complaining. So I'm uh, assuming you're setting the tone from a culture standpoint. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's our marketing team doing a great job and like who we re- trying to identify who we really are. You know, it's like, we have this cool, this cool game sport that we made and it's, we want to like adapt with our culture of like who me, Chris and Mike are and who our team is. We have an amazing team. Uh, we all mess around. We joke around. Uh, I think everyone enjoys working together on CrossNet and that's who we are. We joke around. We, we'll be the first people to make fun of our friends and, and mess around. So that's, that's setting the culture for sure. And we're, we're going to continue to do that in the 2021. Um, I know you like patented a lot of the stuff. You went through that trouble of getting the trademark patent, not easy, but like, is it like worth it now? Like that you have all these like copycats trying to swoop in on your shit and like, you know, just like, you know, piggyback off you. Like, cause I know yeah, if, this escalates you have to talk to like you know attorneys and we hate attorneys on the free retiree show right matt <laughs> and it got yeah. that's just expensive and like what's your especially t- patent attorneys they're extremely I mean, gosh this just seems like a money hole yeah i mean it's definitely worth to have um as of now it's definitely slowed down competition um you know scares some people away that would try to you know create a, a knockoff but at the end of the day since the beginning, since the inception of CrossFit, we knew we were going to run into this issue. It was a matter of when, um, regardless of patent, trademarks, or any legal, you know, any IP. Um, it was a matter of when we're going to run into it because it's bound to happen with anything. So you guys have, like, attorneys already ready to go? Like, yeah, we have a good team. We have a solid team. Yeah, Greg, thanks for coming on, man. Like You've been – you've given us amazing insight. If people want to learn more about CrossNet, where can they find more about this? Yeah, you can go to crossnetgame.com. You can Google Crossnet. You can walk into your local, you know, retail store and hopefully it's there or hopefully it's sold out. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But you guys are all, you guys are at Walmart, Target? Um, Not in Target yet. We're on Target and we crush it on Target. We're in Walmart quarter coming up next quarter. We're in Dick's Sporting Goods, Shields, Academy. uh, The list goes on. Amazing, man. Amazing journey. Amazing thing you guys are doing. Keep it up. We're excited to see what you do. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated. Member FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. 
Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities American Advisors or Securities American Incorporated. Securities American Advisors, Securities American Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook, Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.